1: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au.
0: T's and C's apply. South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. You're listening to the Monday Metrospective with Jason Bonnington on SEN track.
2: Good morning, lovely listeners. Something from the new T-Swizzle album, I think that is. Haven't got around to listening yet. Desi G tells me it is, um, well, it needs another listen. But most of her best work does, um, including that pandemic album, which was called Folklore. Welcome to Metrospective. It's the uh, it's a Trots Live edition where we go through normally only one meeting from the weekend, the major metropolitan meeting, but... This is going to be a retrospective with the difference because the um, the feature racing was split over two nights. Friday night at Tabcorp Park, Melton. We're going to go through the two Tatlow races there, the True Roman Trotters Free For All, and the second leg of the Elizabeth Clark Triple Crown for the Mayors, which was the Angelique Club Pace, and all of the races at Beckley Park on Saturday night. And wait for this man! I'm about to introduce Tim O'Connor to start to squeal like a pig when we talk about race two at Beckley Park on Saturday night. How are you, Doc?
1: Hey, mate, good to be on. Uh, you, you mentioned the, what we've got ahead of us. I'm not sure where we're fitting all that in because I thought this was about an hour and a half special and where's the goal? Race uh, to Saturday night.
2: Well, you, you, the footy will be in your hands at that point once we get <laughs> to that race. And it, it's really up to you. If you want to keep possession of it, we'll just flip through the last few races, no, I've had including a including the right. McNamara Memorial Trotters Cup and the Geelong Pacing Cup. We'll just talk about them for 25 seconds each, if you like. But um, uh, very exciting night for you and you know we've had a little bit of bans uh privately about the fact i gave you a bit of a um uh, a, a a loving bake on trots vision um for uh for being front and center but that is the that is the enjoyment of being in ownership and being a winner isn't it and that this is why um, you wanted to get back involved as soon as the uh long-standing ban on harness racing victoria employees now don't get me wrong those who are getting worried Of course, anybody in integrity, stewards, racing office, they can't be owners of Standard Breads, but there was no reason why everyone else shouldn't be. Now we can be talkies, and I think it was actually representative of letting everyone know how good it feels to get a winner.
1: Yeah, I think... Well, it was great. Well, look, we're not going to spend much of this because I, I did go back and watch the Rewind, j and <laughs> i tell you what, that was embarrassing. I deserved every bit of that loving bake that you gave me. Um, yeah, wandering around thinking I'm uh, thinking I'm Danny Zavitzanos, basically. No, nah, it was fantastic. I just got caught up in it. Um, you know, it was a bit hard not to. It was just fun. You know, I've made made it pretty clear that I don't have a big percentage but it was just great fun for uh, to bring a few people along for the ride including Big Fella, who's probably listening uh, and a few other mates that sort of follow the trots loosely you know now and obviously through my job they, they sort of follow that as well but now they're involved and they love it you know just all the banter on on you know group messages and stuff with photos and stuff being flicked around and, and stuff. So, look, it was great fun. Um, he looks a pretty nice horse, so hopefully we have a few more wins out of him. But, no, a great weekend, and um, we'll touch on the, the racing across the two nights, the Friday and the Saturday. It was phenomenal, and it's uh, dominated by Emma Stewart.
2: Yeah, I don't know how many wears a goal we'll be winning. We'll get to him a little bit later, but I've got a funny feeling that um, uh, the excitement won't come out of it, but it won't ever feel the same as the first one here on Australian soil because I think he's going to win. I think it's going to become a, a fairly regular occurrence as he goes through the grades. Emma Stewart, you already mentioned. Let's start with Friday night, the two tatlows. It started with Petraca. And again, um, that is Evatanos, and he gets more of a mention a little bit later, uh, winning the Geelong Pacing Cup the following night with Dan. But Petraka got the easy lead, still seemed a class above. My question for you, give me your analysis of the race, but... Talk me through where you think this form now sits with what we saw a couple of weeks ago with um, the Lost Storm and and also school captain.
1: Yeah, interesting. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, I've always been a big fan of Petrarca. Um right the way through his career. I think he's got a group one in him uh, for sure. And, you know, look, he, he he did a little bit of work early, didn't he, on on Friday night to get to the lead. But, look, he controlled the race. And I think I was listening to Nathan Jack, the driver, after in the post-race. Uh, you know, you just had to, to flick him up and ask him for a bit more. He did rattle home in a, in a fourth quarter of 26 seconds. So, look, he's a really good horse. Where does it measure up with those two? I don't know. Maybe I... I, I don't know. I think the camp... Would the camp, j Bon from what you've heard, say the lost storms probably a bit better? I think that's what sort of some of the commentary I've heard. Um, maybe gut feel for me, though. I'd lean Petrarca's way.
2: Yeah, I, I think I'm going... I think I'd go the other way. Um, but okay. it's 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 pretty hard to tell. And I was joking, of course, with Petrarca. It was a wonderful little... Um, a little piece from Lockie McIntosh calling that race, uh, talking about uh, um, the uh, the controversy on Brownlow Middle Night when Christian Petrarca obviously was uh, a little bit displeased with Gil McLaughlin mispronouncing his surname. The thing about Petrarca, like, it's funny, isn't it? Because Ladies in Red's no monster by any stretch of the imagination, but we know Petrarca's a little horse. And, I mean, that can work for you all the way through your two-year-old days. Even with some with the horse like Courage Under Fire, three, three-year-old three days, one suspects that I just gut feel, the size of him, that this is going to be the golden period of his career. Whether it lasts and he's still number one at the end of this year, maybe, but this is going to be the golden period of his career, I think.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, I probably can't have much more. I think he's got a, as I said, I think he's got a group one in him. I've thought it for a while. Um you know, what's he had? He's only had nine or ten starts, hasn't he, Jabon? Uh, that was the oh, seven. Yeah, he's won five of them. Yeah, look, I, I think he's a really, really nice race horse. Where he'll get to long-term, three, four, and five, who knows? Uh, but uh, I think he's got a big race in him before the end of the year. That, that would be my opinion, I reckon, um, whether it's a bet or whether it's a Breeders' Crown. I reckon he might win one of them.
2: Now, uh, our sunset delight worked out well off a peg strip. Little Louie, I still think, is a nice horse. I've thought it... Um right throughout, gets to draw somewhere. I think it can be competitive and one of the good races. But Naturally Gifted was, not often do they pull for Gregory Rochugas, um, and this two-year-old was ready to roll. It was hard up on the steel and, um, and still finished off really well. I've, I'm, I've got a big watch on it.
1: Yeah, uh, first run for the stable, uh, of course, coming across from New South Wales. So that was a good performance. I found it one of those tricky races. You probably did too, to to really get too excited from much in behind, given the way it was run. Um, You know, fairly slow, 33-1. 30.7, 28.9, 30.7, 28.9, and then a flat ripping home in 26 seconds. It's hard to, it's just hard to find runs. I Probably the one that I would pluck out of there at a big price, and you've already mentioned him, little Louie. I, I thought he was a pretty good effort for Aaron Dunn, coming wide down the middle of the track. And, of course, he went around as the second roughest horse in the field at $100, so... Yeah, I thought maybe outside the winner, I was sort of maybe a little bit more impressed with Little Louis than some of the others.
2: Uh, now, we will go to the two-year-old girls. We won't do this chronologically. We'll get rid of the, uh, the juvenile Tatlow uh, features on Friday night, then get stuck into the other races from Melton before going to Beckley Park. Well, won't go to Beckley Park. I think Toc will stay at home and I'll stay in the studio, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, now, we spoke about the form going through the uh, homegrown races compared to the Tatlows. well. This was definitely stronger. Tempting Tigress. um, Interference early was just a, a a class above. Really, was too good. Just pulled away again in the concluding stages when Perfect in Pink was ca- having a crack. But I tell you what, while well, I say class above, but the first of seven black bookers I'm going to have on retrospective today, Soho Seraphine, really, really nice run.
1: Yeah, I thought you'd you'd have that one marked down. Um, I uh, I probably yeah. Look, I thought it was a tremendous run from Soho Seraphine from Mick Stanley Anthony, but um, you know, probably entitled to do that, j Bond. if you would maybe put, just to dampen it a little bit, probably entitled to run home like that, given the soft pegs trip on a on a hot speed. But was certainly held up and, look, wouldn't have won the race, but uh, would have got much closer. Probably would have run second, uh, I would have thought. But, you know, Tempting Tigress, as you said, made a mistake at the start. Um, you know, sat back and waited. Mark Pitt did the right thing, and then came came with one run in the last lap. And I actually thought, I actually backed perfect in pink in this race. And I was sitting, sitting next to my wife, and I, we were just I was just saying this is home uh, for all money, and it was at a at a nice price too, around twenty dollars. And uh, and even listening to Mark Pitt after the race, he spoke about how he thought the Tempting Tigress was all out. And she looked it, but it, when she rolled back down, uh, when she hit the front and rolled back down to the peg, she grew another leg and, and raced away convincingly to win by six metres. So, look, she was clearly. Clearly the best horse in the race, and she won accordingly. Perfect in pink had every possible hope off a hot speed, sitting back and wasn't able to do it. And as you said, Soho Serafan, the eye catcher, held up badly and flashing home. Um, I haven't got the sections in front of me, but would have probably been the quickest last quarter of the race, I would guess.
2: No doubt at all. Um, let's go for a break. On the retrospective edition of Trot's Life, when we return, two more races we're going to cover from Friday night at Vicarnas headquarters. The true Roman Trotters free-for-all won by Elder Baron Zeus and that staggering... Staggering performance from the superstar, megastar, some say potentially champion mayor, ladies in red, in the Angelique Club pace.
0: Welcome back to the Monday Metrospective on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Yeah. Very
2: atmospheric, isn't it? She loves this stuff these days. The empty room feel. You're in a basement, you're in a barn. Anyway, that's enough. This isn't a music, well it can be, a music program, but uh, it's also a Trots program. Uh, so we'll get stuck back into Metrospective. Normally Steve Cleve joins me these days, but Tim O'Connor, who was uh, also joining us on Trots Life every Thursday as the news hound, uh, has some news when it comes to true Roman, trotters free for all. We'll analyse it, but you've got a little bit of an update on I'm Ready Jet, who I, I actually, I won't name names, but I was discussing the run of I'm Ready Jet uh, first up from a break with a, um, a very, very smart judge that you work with a little bit, uh, Tim O'Connor, and I think he was a little bit, dis- he thought the run was a bit flat, but I went back and watched it again last night, and I think she went great, but I want to hear this update.
1: Yeah, well, uh, me too. I, I was I went back and watched it this morning uh, just to, you know, you watch it live and you sort of watch your own horses that you're you're invested on or, or whatever. But I went back and had a watch. I thought it was a good run, and then I went back and looked at the the sectionals bond. Uh, she ran the quickest second, third, and fourth quarters of that race. Uh, her personal times. I know sectionals aren't everything, but to me, for a horse that was off the pegs, coming out wide, uh, you know, doing that, uh, first up, in a good field, on, a, on an on-speed dominated race, uh, I think she went really well. I, I flicked a text to Nathan Jack, uh, this morning, just to pass on those sectionals, I thought he might have been interested, uh, after his really bold, strong comments about her, well, privately to you as well, which you wouldn't mind me saying, but he publicly put him up. I put a story up on on Friday afternoon about where he thought this horse could take him, and uh, yeah, he thought the run was fantastic. I mean, to quote him, he just said, I thought she was awesome. The news, though, she's out of the Inter-Dominion. She won't be running in the Inter-Dominion series, which um, most of us thought she'd be heading that way. Uh, I think Nathan did heading into Friday, and um, I don't know what the market was, but she would have been a live chance. I mean, she would have been in the Somewhere between 10 and $20, I would have thought, for the final. But she's out. She is mm. officially out of the Inter-Dominion, withdrawn uh, yesterday at 6.51pm, to be precise. So she is out of the Inter-Dominion, one of the, the real key fancies.
2: Yeah, the question is, and I don't know whether you can answer this, but um, the question is, is she out of the Inter-Dominion? I, I know or have certainly suspected from um, certain correspondences that uh, they believe probably the Great Southern Star is uh, a better target for her and the kind of horse that she is, is it is it purely because, okay, we just don't want to put her through that or do we have some cause, cause for concern that um, she didn't pull up as well as expected after after that first up run?
1: No, I don't have that. I obviously wondered that myself. I flicked the ant on a message, haven't heard back yet, but um, I assume Nathan would have said something to me after that, um, after that little message exchange. So, I don't think she's injured. I think she's fine. I think you're right. I've heard the same sort of conversations around whether the Great Southern Star might be more her go. Um, Yeah, I I am surprised to see her be withdrawn right now. Um, Yeah, so so hopefully not. But I can't answer that. But she's definitely out of the Inter-Dominion series. She won't be going around uh, in the heats November 26. uh, She would have easily qualified and been part of the the heats uh, for sure. But. She's out, mate, so um, mm. we'll, we'll keep in touch, and we'll um, maybe when I join you or, or Wombat on Thursday, we might have a bit of an update by then.
2: Well, that's a, um, yeah, that's just, uh, th- I think that's tough for Team Australia, because we know how um, uh, there's going to be a Kiwi invasion, for Brilliance will be part of that invasion, you would imagine, and um, I'm Ready Jet was probably right at the head of the list of horses who, um, who could have won the Inter-Dominion for Australia, but regardless of that, we just cross our fingers and toes that everything's okay, because... Yeah, as mentioned, I don't as you well know, talk. I don't um, I don't pour over the sectionals um that much myself, but I mean visually you can see this horse has made up more than ten meters in a fifty-six point two second final half. So um you don't need to be a um a a mathematical genius to work out that it was an outstanding run. Uh, Patrick says, Well done to Tim's winner Saturday, and I'm listening lol. Cheers, big fella. Uh I didn't have a lot more to add from the race other than I thought Olavici was just Uh, was solid. I think he's, I think we all know he's a really good horse. I think potentially, um, the boom might have just got slightly out of control somewhere. Like, he's very, 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 very good, don't get me wrong. But whether he was the second coming of um, of Lyle Creek, um, might have got a little bit out of control. Loxley Lover, I, 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 I think he's up to these, but didn't sprint quite as quickly as them. And the winner, Elder Baron Zeus. Um, it's amazing, well, nearly open favourite, but in a way with these other four-year-olds, Parisian Artiste, Olavici, Queen Alida, this has gotten lost in the conversation a little bit, hasn't he, Toc, when he, last season, was the best of them?
1: Yeah, he's a funny one, isn't he? He's, he has flown under, under the radar. I mean, he was a three-year-old uh, horse of the year, Victorian horse of the year at the awards um, going back earlier this year. I mean, he, for, for me, I just haven't, I sort of just... I don't know why. Uh, I just haven't had him uh, right up, the, at least in my pecking order. But, gee, I tell you what, he's, uh, he's quickly emerging as, as one of our leading trotters. There's a bit of news around him too, j Bon Of course, he won the race, as you said, at the True Roman on, Saturday, on Friday night at Melton. That obviously carried a golden ticket into the Inter-Dominion Heats. He also won't be going to the Inter-Dominion Heats. Uh, I had a few messages back and forth with uh, Brent Lilly. Uh, he says uh, he's Vic-bred, so he has a $100,000 race in December for him and will concentrate on the Great Southern Star in February. The series suits Queen Elida more than Zeus at this stage of their career. So a bit of news around Elderberry and Zeus as well. Um, he also won't be heading to the Inter-Dominion. I guess for me, Bond the race, given with Sundon's courage running a narrow second, that just suggests to me, I think that sort of sums up the race. He was able to, to lead early and then sit in behind, and they just sort of walked a bit and dashed home, and... That's why I'm giving a bit more credit, maybe, than you to to Olavici and I'm ready, Jet. And I'm not massively on the sectionals, maybe a little bit more than you, but it just solidified to me that she's run the second, third, and fourth quickest quarters. Um, You know, I just sort of liked it. It just sort of ticked another box for me. So I thought she went super, I'm ready, Jet. And um, Yeah, but the winner too good. He's got gate speed, doesn't he? And or he can press forward and he's strong at the end of his race. He's a very good horse, but we won't be seeing him in ID 22. Uh,
2: Sundance Carriage, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? You look at Sundance Carriage running second and you say to yourself, well, where, where does the form stack up? But um, Ryan Duffy's always had a really good association with this horse now that he's back in the cart and he's rejoined Sundance Carriage. I don't think he's got another big one left in him, but when he's on song and he doesn't do anything wrong and he's uh, getting that peg line trip... He's always going to be around the mark. Now, um, from Steve Cleave, uh, normal uh, partner in crime on the retrospective edition of Trot's Life these days, uh, has let me know that Anton uh, indicated before Friday night's race, race, the Inter was likely a no for, um, for I'm Ready Jet. So that's good news in a way because it means that uh, it's highly unlikely. And I don't think, I think I'd be very surprised if anything um, nefarious came out of Friday night's first up run. Great Southern stars going to be their major target. And, uh, Stu says, Hey boys, you need to push the Redwood Rattler. Les is still looking for more bookings ASAP this morning. I was even doing some, um, some face to face, uh, pumping of the tires to try and get it rolling on Saturday night at, at uh, at, uh, at Beckley Park Geelong. So, Tell the listeners one more time, please. Talk how they can get on the Redwood Rattler and how bloody good it is. Well, you can't. I'll tell you how bloody good it is. It's amazing, and I'll be there on the way back. Um, And it is so much fun. So much fun. And it would be a a travesty if we don't quite get enough bookings, if we get close and not quite enough to run the Redwood Rattler. But how do they they book their tickets, mate?
1: Well, jump on the trots.com.au. That's at least one way. And if you scroll down in the news section back to. Uh, October 20, I put up a story after our chat uh, on the radio uh, during the week, also jumped on RSN as well and did a bit of a pump up, so I've tried my best um, but yeah, go back to the news section at thetrots.com.au October 20, Maryborough issues last call for Redwood Rattler and there's a link in there I'm pretty sure you can uh, search it up on Facebook or, or just Google it up, uh, Redwood Rattler you'll get a link there somehow 130 bucks Bond gets you from Southern Cross in Melbourne to Maryborough Racecourse, a day at the races including a two course lunch, race Facebook stubby, holder, $20 punters club ticket and a draw uh, for the $2,000 gold nugget. And it also gets you home again. You tell me it gets quite loose on the way home. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, I'm shutting to Les from the Maryborough club. Look, they needed around 60 or so when we spoke late last week uh, i'm not sure where it's got to this morning but um there was a whisper that they would run it maybe as a, a coach service if they didn't get the numbers but i'm pretty confident you would be saying that uh the rattler's the way to go we want the rattler not the coach
2: the train will be the locomotive is going to be a lot more fun put it that way and um <laughs> uh, it is a it is a hell of a lot of fun if you if, it can get loose if you don't want to be loose though that's the beauty of the train you can go down a little quiet um, carriage. Even if you want to have a little nap after a long day, and then get stuck in, it's a pretty long train ride back. I know it leaves early, but just um, just tuck your head in uh, Saturday night and have a have a quiet one. Get up early and have a big, big Sunday session. Now, and you're and it's,
1: you're on Trot's Vision that night. I'm on Trot. I'm right? on Trot's
2: Vision. Yeah, I think Robbie Orba, myself, and Shannon Shannon maybe? O'Sullivan again, who was my partner in crime, and tipped the house down on Trot's Vision. On Saturday night, so um, it's going to be, it's, it, we're going to really put a focus on the meeting, obviously, because there's not just the Redwood, but also the Victoria Trotters Derby and plenty of other great races. And on another big, big weekend, we will be splitting our features, of course, huge racing at Tabcourt Park Mountain on Saturday night as well. Before we go to the news, let's discuss uh, the deeds of ladies in red um, winning the Angelique Club pace. I've already written the article for the Herald Sun tomorrow talk, and I was the theme of the article was, um, you know, horses can't can't read the press or listen to the uh, listen to the marketing and promotions. But it was almost as if ladies in not read, took it upon herself, and said, she they're talking about me a lot. Somehow, I didn't win first up from a break. I've got to win here." And she just willed herself to the contest. She's she's a freak.
1: Oh, it was an epic performance, wasn't it? Um, I think you might have been busy at the time, didn't watch it live, and I think you tweeted a bit later on after the you'd watched the replay. It was a, I mean, it's you can't say it's her best ever win, but it's got to be in the in a handful of them, you know. Um, you know, she, I know it wasn't the biggest race she's ever won, but just the way she did it, I thought it was a busy, fast, uh, fast run race. And I reckon it doesn't really make much sense, but the fact that it was pouring rain. It made it look more heroic. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if you agree. It just looked no, I cool. For sure. I mean she she just whacked away and, and, and it was a really driving finish, you know, it was a, a survival of the fittest and she peeled out down the straight and looked. I didn't think she was going to win, to be honest. I thought Doug Spade was the one trucking up at a at a billion to one that was going to the blouse them all. But it was just a heroic, uh, tough, strong win in one fifty three point three in the driving rain. I thought it was um, maybe not her best win, but one of her more memorable in her career. I reckon.
2: I uh, I couldn't agree with you more. That there was something. You almost felt like there was a. Uh...
1: Little the Titanic music over the top.
2: Well, I was right? thinking more like um <laughs> war movie like Platoon or um uh one of the yeah, the thin thin blue thin red line, something in the background where you she just in the rain, in the muck, having done all the hard work, in the trenches, had to lift even halfway up the straight if it wasn't ladies in red, I did get to watch it live actually. I watched it on um on the phone at dinner, but um, thought I'd probably be pushing pushing my luck if I also tweeted at dinner, but I, uh, as you're watching, if it was any other horse, you probably would have given up if you'd backed her, wouldn't you? Because Doug's baby's just um, traveling in behind, treachery's a really good horse and running in front, and you're thinking to yourself, I'll tell you what, this will be really brave if she finishes third. But there was something about having watched her so many times, that I was painfully confident that she would do what she did because she's done it so many times before.
1: Yeah, I I, I took her pretty skinny. I sort of anchored her in some qualities and stuff. So look, I wanted her to win financially as well as for the storyline of her career. But yeah, I I thought she would get beaten at about two hundred out from home. I just thought the other, t- I thought one of the other two treachery leading up and and Doug's babe just trucked into it beautifully uh, approaching the sprint lane. But. Yeah, just that last 50 metres, she poked the nose out and won. You, you see it just happen. All the good horses always do that in those close finishes. How many good horses get beaten in tight finishes? It just doesn't happen. They um, they almost win them all, and um, mm. she did it. Doug's babe, super, j bonnet at 100-1, to 1, beaten ahead. Uh, I know that some of the owners, uh, they were absolutely over the moon. Treachery went super as well, and Tough Tilly, funny I run, but she did finish the race off nicely, so... Uh, I thought she wasn't too bad either.
2: Winners win, don't they? I'll tell you the one, the, the Black book out of the race here. Um, I'm ready, Jet, and the True Roman in here. Common Courtesy, uh, there's got to – always had a lot of ability. There's got to be a race around, a much easier race to Common Courtesy. Um, given that they've run this in such spectacular time, and Common Courtesy has beaten um, several of the others. Good mares home, very, very comfortably. Suggests to me there's a, yeah there's a rating race – Right for the picking for common courtesy. Time so to go to the news on this retrospective edition of Trot's Life. We've gone through the Melton meeting. When we return, we'll kick-start our look at Beckley Park on Saturday night where the Geelong Pacing Cup was staged.
0: Welcome back to the Monday Metrospective on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736.
2: Yeah, it is. It is exhausting, always rooting for the anti hero. That's me. Um, if I can do it, anyone can. Come on, guys, let's get it full. Tracy, um, this is a big fella. Yes. Let's get it full. Uh, Redwood Rattler, make sure to get involved. I'll be on. Tim O'Connor will be on. Uh, I think a good portion, hopefully. We've inspired a good portion of the Sen Track family to jump on board, and um, and there'll be a few. There might even be a, a, a participant or two. It happens sometimes that uh, uh, they'll just roll up and uh, and someone will take the car home. home. Yeah, just on the way <laughs> home, they'll uh, they'll take the um, they'll go up together uh, in a carpooling situation. A few of the drivers and one might duck back. There might be a professional punter or two. I reckon. That normally join in on the rattler, so hopefully we can get it rolling and leaving from Southern Cross. I believe it leaves from, doesn't it? Tom?
1: oh eight a.m. I'm told, so that, she's that's, early. That's, the, that's a, kicker. Yeah, it's a kicker. Um, it's a bit better for me here in Ballarat, but uh, yeah, she's early. But uh, from every report I've heard, it's a fantastic day. So really looking forward to it. Let's hope we can get it up and going. Oh uh I'll touch base with Liz today or, or tomorrow and see where we're at and pass that across Twitter or, or wherever we can get it across. Right,
2: let's get stuck into the uh, the meeting staged at Geelong G Town Detroit on Saturday night, their feature meeting of the year and um they weren't blessed with perfect conditions. It never it never really uh how do I put this know pissed down did it? But it was just sort of it just kept on just kept Drizzling on finding rain. a way to drizzle rain, didn't it?
1: Yeah, it wasn't the greatest conditions, unfortunately, but, uh, look, a great night of racing, and it all kicked off at 6.35, Jay Bon, It was a, a bit of a low-grade affair, to be fair, wasn't it, this opening event on the card? But how did you see it? Kendi's Butterfly got the cash for Paul Parsons and Jackie Barker.
2: Well, I made it my best value on the program, and it was 4.20 in the morning, and I thought to myself, um, it's just not my normal uh, modus operandi to have a decent, good go at an up-to-50 affair. Um, because I find they can be very difficult, but I was really c- confident that it would win. But by the time I turned up at Beckley Park, which was a couple of hours before the first, already into two forty, um, and they just t- kept on hammering it. Jackie Barker. Uh, effect? No, oh, well, I think they just. Re- I, I think everyone just sort of realised that probably only one horse is going to get past Kennedy's Butterfly, and it was a random barrier. It had been going around slightly higher r- class races, and just as a bit of an education piece, I reckon. And I I don't know your opinion when you're doing the form talk, but I find that um, the difference between uh, horses who've been racing around the up to 50 mark, the high 40s, up to 50, and then up to your 53s or 54s, there's actually a massive chasm in class. It's almost the biggest uh, class chasm there is outside of maybe when you get to metropolitan level and then you have to take the step up from... An eighty, you know, an eighty to ninety race up into the free for all or something like that, because for whatever reason, there's certain horses who can win in that sort of up to fifty grade, and then they just cannot possibly permeate beyond there. But Candy's Butterfly had been racing well in slightly better races, and Jackie Barker speaking to her after the race, I think there was every indication she w- wanted to keep the front. That was the plan A, but um, River Patrol was able to ultimately get across, and she just made him work a little bit. Uh, Kendi's Butterfly didn't spend too much petrol and was swinging coming to the turn. And I think anybody that was on the winner, with a couple of hundred metres to go, were on pretty good terms with themselves.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with your, your, your comments about the. You see a lot of horses sort of go up to that little bit better grade, don't you, and not be able to handle it, or not be able to win, and then and drop back and and sort of dominate those those just those races. There is a there is a big gap there, and um, Kendy's Butterfly got the cash. I'm a you know I I reckon Geelong. Is one of the more peg leader dominated tracks in Victoria. Um, so I was, yeah, I mean, you'll see that through the course of our um, dissection of the meeting on, on Saturday night. A lot of leaders won and a lot of peg horses won and a lot of peg horses ran well uh, and finished in the placings. That's just the track. Uh, so look, drawn well, back in grade. It was a good recipe and I, I, you must have, you know, you probably don't always. Make your values around four bucks, but look, it looked big value, didn't it? And you've you've nailed it, and it's won at two twenty. Candy's butterfly. I've got one here, Bon, that you're not sure if you missed it or not. But this, is I'm going to make this my black booker of the of the two meetings, and it's uh, out of this race. Believe it or not, I reckon Mister Nian yeah. is absolutely ready to win. Uh, it was a tremendous run, back wide, uh, the widest runner, and actually recorded the equal. Uh, quickest last quarter of that race. And as I said, I'm big on horses at Geelong doing it out wide, uh, away from the pegs, and this was one of the best runs. And if you go back to Mr. Nien's start prior at Geelong, uh, it was a very, very good run at massive odds there as well. So I'm um, very keen on Mr. Nien winning a race very, very soon.
2: Yeah, I don't mind that at all. Uh, clearly the eye-catcher of the race. I I just literally... Um... Falsh, right at the line. I decided not to black book Mr Nien, but might change my mind now, make it eight for the two meetings, because uh, this was a really good run. And it wasn't – sometimes they can, they can charge home, but they're not running through the line. Mr Nien was savaging the line. Um, and uh, I'll tell you one thing. It's very, very early to start uh, to start talking about these things. But uh, this young girl, you were Justice, I've got a funny feeling they run for her a bit.
1: Yeah, she's a ripper. Ripper kid, too. Um, I had her on uh, the From the Horse's Mouth trial show while she was still doing her trial drives to get her license. And um, I didn't know a lot about her, but sort of got to know her a bit through that show. And, uh, of course, she goes out with Ryan Sanderson. Uh, he's a ripper kid as well. So, look, lovely kid. And, yeah, they do run for I remember her first drive. I reckon it was at Ballarat, high in the sky. Um, it might have been, been from the stand start. and Just pinged away for her, rolled along at a big price and ran really well. So... Yeah, she's had a couple of winners already. Um, she's driven two now early in her career. So, yeah, she's a ripper, and I reckon she'll be winning with Mist in the end pretty soon.
2: Yep. Um, aren't they a glamour couple? Uh, you were just as i I've
1: said it's the harness... Uh, I called them the harness racing power couple. There, yeah. She? She, she had a good laugh about that.
2: Posh and Bex. Um. <laughs> they... Uh, yeah, they do run for... And, yes, it will be winning soon. And good feelings. It's hard to not... It's hard to uh, right. say this wasn't a good run, but uh, incredibly... Uh, Geelong, Good Feelings has had the five starts now for two wins and three seconds, so clearly enjoys Geelong, and as you've already mentioned, peg line trip but really hit the line very well, so I think if Mr Nian's going to be winning a race soon then I'd be suggesting that Good Feelings isn't that far away from doing so either before we go to our final break in the first hour before that little stitch up I do at the end, before uh, we get to the 12 o'clock news, let's talk about where's the gold heaps more wins coming I think, but this was the first, and um I mean, I think you'd been informed, reliably informed by the team at Summit Bloodstock and Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin and whoever you might have spoken to. uh, Mark Pitt that wears the gold was a pretty nice horse and would probably be winning on Saturday night, but you still like to go there and get it done. And even you must have been um, uh, pretty chuffed with the way he did it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, for those that uh, have been under a rock for the last couple of days, I, do, I own a tiny, tiny share of Where's the Goal with a, uh, a group of guys, uh, including Big Fella and just some other friends, that uh, many of which haven't been in horses before. So, um, look, we were absolutely thrilled. I happened to be out at Emmer and Clayton's doing a story on uh, Captain Ravishing ahead of the derby. And I just made mention that uh, we might have had a tiny interest in a horse and uh, Clayton looked at me sideways and he goes, you win that horse? Uh, anyway, so he, I won't say exactly what he said, but he gave us me some pretty good confidence that the horse had some pretty good ability. Um, and we, we'd already seen that, as you would have seen, j from the, the replays in New Zealand. The horse had had 13 starts there, was a last start winner, showed tremendous gait speed on that last start win and, and seems to have a bit of a, a tank as well. He, he can do it at both ends and he did it on... On Saturday night, it looked his race, I mean, look, he's, he lobbed a nice race, as a lot of these New Zealanders do, uh, but he did it in great style, he sped away from the gate, relaxed nicely, he, he's a nice looking pacer too, isn't he? And then he finished it off really well in a, a pretty slick last half, what do he get? he 55-1 or something thereabouts for the sprint trip, so, look, he did it, uh, Mark Pitt didn't pull the stick, so... Yeah, you couldn't have really asked for much more, and I'm, I haven't owned enough winners to get too confidence. So I was absolutely packing myself, but, um, yeah, they uh, they made it look easy. Tonkin Stewart and Mark Pitt.
2: Yeah, really nice win, 55-1 home is correct, 55 to the mile rate. Um, other runners, our Tiki Devil went way above expectations. Uh, really, really good run into fourth, and Major Major was horribly, yeah, horribly sure, held up. Having said that, I remain totally unconvinced by the horse. So um, I'm not going to get overly excited. The only thing I will say, and I said on Trots Vision, is he is the kind of horse I feel that might get a bit of confidence charging through the line because I, I have had a few concerns about his um, uh, psychological competitive nature and intestinal fortitude, but he might feel big and strong after uh, charging through the line the way he did, even though he was beaten 22.8 metres time. For a break when we return, that was the first Ex Kiwi of two consecutive ex Kiwis, first up in Australian soil to get the job done. And as good as we as the gold is, I reckon the next one, this two year old we're going to talk about very soon, is even better.
0: Welcome back to the Monday Metrospective on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. And it's like snow at the beach. Does Lana down come in?
2: Next
1: verse.
2: Oh God, is that her in the background? Um, I'm looking forward to uh, taking this album in. Are you Are getting any call, Tom Bean? Uh, right, we're going to talk about this two-year-old, uh, Hugo Maguire. A text has already come through preemptively, Talk. Got massive... Who, I don't know who this is. Let us know who, who it is. Uh, got massive problems, that two-year-old of Lily's. Uh, Feel only ordinary being a world of pain when he hits the good horses having trouble racing true well, might be right. I don't reckon I, I I really, really like this horse. Going back to the Kiwi replays of Hugo Maguire, I was besotted. Um, I believe John Wilkinson and his mirroring band of owners uh, were happy to spend uh, more than a few shekels getting him across. And even though he did things wrong on Saturday night, he's, he, I think he's got a big, big, big motor. He does. Uh,
1: he was really good, wasn't he? Um, you know. You spoke about uh, where's the gold. First up uh, from New Zealand, going around a dollar forty-five. He won in really. You couldn't have asked for any better watch as a punter, could you? Straight to the front uh, and looked home and hose the whole way. And then you got a dollar thirty for a, a first up Kiwi uh, in Hugo Maguire, who did a lot wrong. Um, wasn't able to find the pegs or the lead, and uh, <laughs> and still won convincingly. So. Uh, Chalk and cheese, I guess, the, the two ways they won. Um, I don't always want to harp on sectionals, Bond, but I think they're worth mentioning sometimes. Uh, quickest first, third, and fourth quarters racing off the pegs. He was way too good. He was huge. Um, yeah, imagine when when they screw him down and he, he puts it all together. I think he's pretty special as well.
2: <laughs> well that wasn't a great feel, but he's uh, he, he, even going through the Kiwi replays, he, there's a bit of motor car about him. Um, even you talk about the, those sectionals, well, He was doing it, really, 100% in second gear. Um, And just, I know he was rolling out and he wasn't going straight. But to be honest, in a way, I think that Chris Alford was um, getting to know Hugo Maguire, didn't want to overly test him early, could have run the gate, didn't. And basically, and could have really probably even straightened him up late. But just, it was all about just getting around safely, getting the win. And then you go back and do that hard work. Um, gear changes uh, straightening the horse up at home and I I think it's far more important to have the engine there and a few little quirks in the other way around because I mean the the best horse going around um, I was just about to say Rock and Roll Do is uh, you know, he's had more than his fair share of quirks hasn't he but it doesn't stop you winning if you've got the engine
1: No exactly, Uh, in a funny way it's almost, I don't know, it probably doesn't make sense but for some reason, these good horses, you said it one day that rock and roll do reminds you of Lenny the Shark. They just do some funny things, but I don't know. They, there's always, Most of the good ones yeah. tend to have sort of some quirk, don't they? I mean, Bondi Lockdown as well, he used to do some, some funny things, charge along and that. But yeah, look, I, I thought it was a tremendous win, and he's got so much scope. Hugo Maguire, I thought it was really good. He didn't beat much, as you said, um, but he did it in really, really good style with a lot of... A lot going against him. Just a word on the second horse, Alana Mickey for Nathan Purden. That was Nathan's final runner here in uh, Victoria. He's heading back overseas to New Zealand to set up uh, in partnership uh, with his father. And um, that was their final runner. So um, it was great to have them here for nearly two years, I reckon, or almost bang on two years. So him and his partner, Michaela Lewis, lovely people. And I'll tell you what, they've had a pretty good two years here. I reckon they would have taken... Uh, what was what eventuated if it was offered to them before they headed out? I reckon they won four or five Group Ones. Bon, uh, maybe didn't have the bread and butter horses that were that were winning these sort of midweek races day in day out, but uh, they won some big. They got some big scalps across the way.
2: And uh, I did see. I, I actually heard this news a, a, uh, a bit over a week ago. But a More Vita <clears throat> going to uh, M. and Clayton. Talking. It wasn't my news to tell at the time, but I know now that uh, it has been reported. I saw that Adam Hamilton tweeted about it. Uh, yesterday. So Amore Vita has gone to Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin. Um, uh, so a lot Mickey, yes. Nice run. Improving tight. Miles Jacko was okay. Just got crushed by Hugo Maguire. Um, and I think that f- the form can't be terrible because Miles Jacko finished second in a group one up in uh, Queensland. Andaman Bay, I thought the run was nice enough. Not much more to report it's really up to people to make up their own minds. I think Hugo Maguire will be there in the in, uh, races like the Breeders' Crown at the end of the season. Some people will disagree, but I've got a really big opinion of the horse, and I'm not overly worried about those quirks. Will they stop him winning a really big one, you know, this year, at the end of this year? Maybe, but I think going forward, he's definitely a horse that uh, we have to follow. It's time to go for our final break in the first hour as uh, Tom Bang charges back into the room. When we return, a little link up between Toc and Tomo and Taylor Swift, all the T's, and then we'll get stuck into the second hour of the Metrospective edition of Trot's Life here on SEN Track.
0: Welcome back to the Monday Metrospective on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to the Monday Metrospective. I'm Tim O'Connor, joined by Jason Bonnington. We've had, we're a one hour down. We've got one hour to go. We've done. We've reviewed the big features out of Tabcourt Park Melton on Friday night, and we're nearly halfway through the card on the Geelong card from Beckley Park on Saturday night. But we've got the big features still to dissect the Lang Trot final, the inaugural running of the Lang Trot final. We will work through that. Then, of course, the McNamara Memorial Trotters Cup, the Geelong Trotters Cup. We will touch on the Group 3 event, and then the big one on Saturday night, won by... The hometown hero, Danny Zevetsano, Siona, he referenced this race as uh, basically his Melbourne Cup. He wanted to win his hometown Cup and he got it with MacDan winning the Geelong Pacing Cup. So we'll work through that race, a race of uh, some interesting moves midway through the race too. So it was an exciting Geelong Pacing Cup. We'll touch on that. We've got uh, six races to go. There's also a bit of news floating around too. We'll touch a bit more on I'm Ready Jet coming out of the Inter-Dominion series. Also some news on Supreme Dominator and also a little update on Plymouth Chubb who uh, quite um, staggeringly missed a place in the Victoria Derby Trotters final after galloping in the concluding stages yesterday at Maryborough. So plenty of news to come, plenty of reviews. J-Bond's got a stack of black bookers. I've given my... Main black booker, which was Mr. Nien from Geelong. He ran fifth in the opening event on the Beckley Park card. I reckon he'll be winning very, very soon. So, Mr. Nien's my main black booker. Jaybon's got about six or seven to come, I think. So, he will give us all those after this. We'll go to a quick break, some news, and you'll be back with Toc and Jaybon after midday. I came here for You're listening to the Monday Metrospective with Jason
0: Bonington on SEN Track. Just oh, I like to that. that you never cared. You're on your
2: own that's one of the ready-made hits. What, what's the one called? Yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be one of the early singles you would imagine. That's very poppy. Taylor Swift's new album. Uh, Metrospective edition of Trot's Life. We are... Uh, past the major races uh, from Tabcourt Park Melton on Friday night, now on to Geelong, but we have speculated uh, quite loosely and without a lot of foundation about uh, I'm Ready Jet, but you have had a text back from Anton Galino, so you can give us the, the 411 on why I'm Ready Jet will not be contesting the Inter-Dominion Series talk.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's good news in that sense. Uh, Anton sent me a text just before. Uh, she's all good. I'm just not a huge fan of the format. I think it's great for the old geldings but not for her. That's in regards to the Inter-Dominion Series. So all's good with her. She um, just won't be contesting that just through, uh, obviously, the, the gut-busting four uh, races across a couple of weeks. She'll, he also went on to say uh, like he thought she was really good, didn't trot as well as he thought she could, but um, she'll improve off that. So good news in that sense. We won't be seeing her in the Inter-Dominion, but it's not injury-related. Just a quick one while we're going, Bon on News. I'll, I'll get these little snippets out of the way. Supreme Dominator is also out of the Inter-Dominion Series. Uh, he was scratched... Uh, across the weekend after his uh, he went around on Friday nights. He was scratched on uh, Saturday. Uh, I think there's a little abscess issue there with uh, him as well, speaking to Adrian Pace, uh, Joe Pace, the trainer's son. Uh, I think there's an abscess problem there. So he'll have a few weeks off. They'll try and treat that, but he won't be contesting the Inter-Dominion series. And also looking through these names here, uh, Magnificent Storm. I think it was sort of speculated on Twitter that he wouldn't be coming, um, but just confirmation that he's among that list of horses that are actually scratched from the series. So, unfortunately, the Western Australian star won't be coming either.
2: Interesting, isn't it? Um, And I I reckon we might discuss a little further. I um, I had a conversation with Michael Barbie at at, uh, Beckley Park on Saturday night, and uh, the speculation continues around whether there'll be three uh, heats for the Trotters in the Inter-Dominion So I'm hoping to maybe get someone Or maybe Stephen Bell, the um the head of racing uh, I don't think Paul Oxenford will join me uh, no. Great mate of mine But I don't think he'll I think it'd be a hard no for him to jump on radio And talk about this But uh, Stephen Bell, who's the general manager of racing At Harness Racing Victoria Maybe uh, I'll see if I can tap him And, and we can have a discussion around uh, Whether there might be the addition of one more heat Given the strong nominations for the uh, for the inter Dominion series for the Square Gators, but uh, you can see now that the the tiny little concern. And I I do believe there should be three heats, but the tiny little concern mm. is if you have this uh, attrition rate and erosion. But in a way, is it is it totally naive of me to, to say, well, can we not just make it up as we go, put the three heats on, and if it and um, and sort but sort of suggest that we make make a caveat now that any runners of a certain that below a certain level in the rating system uh if it gets to that level then it goes back to two heats i don't know
1: yeah i think so i think yeah i mean i think uh there's a lot of push i guess from sort of the industry to, to have the three heats and i'm certain, i'm only putting words in the, the the racing officer's mouth here a little bit but uh, you know there's obviously that worry about the, the attrition that does come late like it looks fantastic now the numbers and it does come late when people go you know, it's easy to say, um, I want to be a part of the series. And then when you've got to start paying up and it gets to the real crunch, and uh, you think, oh, look, I'm probably not, my horse is probably not up to this. Uh, and then you do have a drop away. But look, I think gut feel, it'd be great to have three of each. Um, I wouldn't be fussed if, you know, there was maybe the depth in the bottom end of, the, of those heats was just a little weak. I, I don't think that matters. I think it would add a lot to the series to have three heats in the paces and three heats in the trotter. So for what it's worth, oh, I'm for it. Um, obviously, unless a stack of horses come out and we're left with, you know, not enough. But uh, gut feel for me, I, I think I want it.
2: There were a few, uh, including Olavici, um, you know, that Chris Lane, well, not that long, long ago, was pretty bullish about targeting the Inter-Dominion series in the post-race interview following this win we're about to discuss with Rogue Gentleman. Um, I think it's a, even with him, it's a it's a reassessed plate by ear issue at the moment. So you're right, there will be an attrition, but we'll, um, we'll discuss that potentially tomorrow right here on SEM Track on Trot's Life. Rogue Gentleman is another one of Chris Lang's. Doesn't rate him right at the absolute top of the tree. But I'll tell you what, for a meeting that that on paper you thought, well, we've got a couple of really nice races and a couple of also round races. There were some monstrous wins. We've already spoken about a couple. Um, Your horse wears the gold. Hugo Maguire (laughs) was big. And Rogue Gentleman, uh, for the second successive start since joining Chris Lang, obliterated a, a track record he's he's got a one-track mind he wanted to roll along from the start but they got tired chasing him
1: yeah well both those those real big performances on set that night were both from trotters we'll touch on the other one soon but you're right uh so this was the inaugural running of the lang trot final a, a joint initiative between warrigal and geelong fantastic race obviously honoring uh chris lang's um late father and brother so it was fitting, wasn't it, that he won the race uh, and in dominant style. I must admit, I, I thought sort of, I was standing next to uh, someone at the track and we're thinking, is he you know, is he going a bit quick here? He's going to get tired, but he, he just crushed him and ran him into the ground. It was, uh, as you said, back-to-back. Uh, track record performances for Rogue Gentleman. Actually, this he smashed this record by well over a second. Roy Hobbs had held the track record there, the 2,100-metre standing start record at Geelong since 2014. It was almost eight years to the day. I think it was eight years and one day. Uh, and his time was 2.02.9, and Rogue Gentleman went 2.01.6. So, you know, almost a second and a half he's taken off it. It was a great performance. Um and, and a fitting win, wasn't it? Just uh, you, you really... Uh, I wrote a bit of a story for the website, j on on the back of your interview with, with Chris. And, you know, he's not an easy guy to get some sort of, you know, some emotional stuff out of, out of him, I guess. But you, you managed to do that. And he did speak from the heart, didn't he? He did say that this was a, you know, it will be a special win for him when he looks back and, and realises he was able to win the first running of this race.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, he's... As I said in that interview, um, Chris has gone through a hell of a lot personally, and uh, and of course with his family in recent years. So you, you sort of well, horse people are pretty—they're very tough anyway, aren't they? But um, it toughens you up, and it's it's hard to crack the exterior sometimes. But uh, there's no doubt this meant something to him, and well done to Geelong and to Warrigal um, for getting involved in that in that joint venture to get the Lang Trot Series going, and it was only fitting that Chris Lang, somehow, he said, oh, I, I couldn't see how I was going to win this race. Um, only, you know, several weeks ago, but got hold of uh, Rogue Gentleman, perfect horse for the series. Other good runs in the race. Elderberry Misty was yes. excellent. Um, big, big. So brave. Uh, doing this actually might be the making of her She's been a bit frustrating, I think. Uh, Jeff's got it. Jeff Webster's got a, a couple of these frustrating horses, but Elderberry Misty has shown a fair bit from day dot. Uh, but this might be the making of it because she just would not lay down. We talk about track records uh, being broken. Well, Elder Baron Misty had to do all the hard work and never, re- never waved the white flag at any point. Trixie Nixie was good. And Carnera was another good run. Um, arguably, maybe you could say, well, Elder Baron Misty was probably the second best run in the race, but Carnera made an early mistake and, and did a great job, the old boy, to, um, to charge home late. But I think you're with me that Elder Baron Misty might be the one to follow from the race outside the winner.
1: Yeah, I am. Uh, that was probably my, my other black booker, key black booker out of the meeting, J-Bond. that would have missed you. I thought she was, was really good, you know, in the breeze for, on that hot speed and um, whacked away. Got beat six metres, but uh, it was a really gutsy, tough run. I haven't got the times in front of me, but she would have broken the track record herself, wouldn't she? Um, yeah, I would have thought um, on that and doing it from the death. So tremendous performance. Uh, yeah, that was the black booker for me, as you said, and Karnirat was probably the other one after making a, an early mistake and, and getting home to run fourth beat Nathan eight and a bit metres. So yeah, Rogue Gentleman, huge tick, well done to Chris Lang about Misty, the Black Booker, and Carnar are pretty good as well.
2: We'll go for a break now on the retrospective edition of Trotts Life. Big fella day before that, so shout out to Stu as well, gents, who got his horse Hordercam to qualify for the Trotters Derby yes. for Maryborough this coming Sunday. Well done, Stu! Another uh, another fantastic bloke and a um, well done, a critical member of the of the uh, Sen Track and Trotts Live family. And, and I thought this might come. There's a text about well. I might leave this to talk. He's, he, he'll have a good opinion on this, maybe. Uh, the, the, the protest on uh, Friday night in race 10. We might discuss that very briefly when we return from a life. break.
0: Welcome back to the Monday Metrospective on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. It was Jumping off things
2: in the Broke his heart Yeah, that might and t- take a bit longer. That no one doesn't grab me straight away. <laughs> Whatever's going on in the background there. Um, t Swizzle's new album, Metrospective uh, Edition of Trot's Life. SE and track. Now, I don't even know if you want to discuss this. Do you want to talk about this protest or not talk?
1: Oh, We're gonna have a quick chat if you like. Yeah. Um... So, so the, all,
2: all, the, all what I found out uh, discussing this issue with the stewards um, on Saturday night was, so, there's no, I guess there's no, like, absolute hard and fast rules. Uh, clearly, so the one we're talking about, Ultimate Vinnie, um lost the protest after going inside uh, some market pegs before acceptances at Tabcorp Park Melton on Friday night. Look, at the end of the day, he, he has to be, I think he has to be relegated. I think the protest has to be upheld. Um, but then I think people straight away go, well, if, the protesters upheld, he's got to be disqualified. And that's where discretion comes in. Now you can't stroll across the middle of the track, mid-race take a, take the lead and win or just run inside the infield and then come back out, you know, before the, uh, somewhere down the back straight but I think under the circumstances the, the discretionary powers of the uh, stewarding panel here talk meant that uh, this wasn't, you know, some sort of um, heinous act from Sam Barker, but he couldn't keep the race at the same time. That's that. That's the guy that I get in the whole situation.
1: Yeah. So look, he he's gone inside three marker pegs in the home straight. Um, I think around near the hundred meter mark, he was absolutely flying. Ultimate Vinny. he was one of the rough. I think he was the rougher of the field. Um, and he's got up and won comfortably, running away. Uh, but he has gone inside three marker pegs. That's not that. That's not up for debate. And he's gone pretty significantly inside though. So it wasn't just you know a centimeter or two. It was it was a good. I don't know rough feel a foot or so um, and he's got back inside and then he's won the race so but the, the key here I'm just reading the stewards report Bon and it, it all really it comes back down to this rule here if a driver's horse or sulky shifts inside the line of the marker posts the driver shall restrain the horse and without interference to another runner return to a position outside the line of the marker posts at the first opportunity that's the rule and uh, I think what has cost Sam the race is that he didn't stop driving he kept urging his horse along uh, from memory he was whipping the horse um, so at no point did he restrain and, and try and get back inside the market pegs I will say that that would be very hard given the momentum and the adrenaline that was going at that point in time but that's what has cost him so if he had have been able to marginally rein the horse back at that point of where Rodney Petrov's horse came in a little bit Major Delico I think he would have kept the race but the fact that he didn't stop driving at any point that's that's what's cost him that's a bit of a shame it would have been his biggest win uh, I had a couple of drinks with him last night he's a, he's a good friend of mine and look he's really disappointed of course but you know he's a pretty level-headed kid I mean he, he copped it he's copped it on the chin I think he would have uh, talking to him he'd argue he would have argued the same way that Rodney did that he did towards him if it was the other way around so yeah. he gets it it was a 5050 I reckon and he's um he's come up the wrong side of it
2: yeah oh, look I've I, 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 from the way it's been explained to me, and the way you've, um, articulately just outlined the the, the rules there, um, I'm I'm very comfortable with yeah,
1: the decision it's, overall. The only thing I will say, and we're
2: the right call. The only thing I will no, say, right the, the I will say um, and we've both, you know, Sam Buck has been um, been telling us since the late '80s how good this horse is. Uh, the, I think the, the the tragedy is that he didn't, you know, he, that he hasn't he hasn't won there. Melton now yeah. because the true what we learned about him, and maybe maybe Sam had already realised this, but there was a period early in this horse's career, Ultimate Vinny, and we'll get back to assessing the other races from Geelong Cup night in a moment, but that you thought he was a bit of a um, enforcer, roll forward, sit park, crush them. But what we learnt on Saturday night and probably have learnt over more recent starts and weeks and, and um more exposure to Ultimate Vinny is he's just pure speed, I think actually.
1: Yeah, well, I actually spoke to Sam before the race and he, he actually said, he, he said, I, I can't cross him from Barrier 7 and he'll be going back. He goes, people think he's a t-, yeah." he goes, he's quick, he's very fast. Um, and we saw that. So he he, he knew it. Um, I think we might see him driven a bit differently going forward on the back of that. So. I have to. But, but bottom line, um, reading that rule there and the stewards uh, report, reading the rule that they've, they've actually hinged their decision on. You you couldn't argue it. It's the correct decision. Sam didn't stop driving the horse, and the rule says you've got to. Um, I think it's as simple as that. So uh, the stewards made the right call there, um, no doubt. And um, it is a shame, because it would have been Sam's biggest win of his career, and um, it was a $20,000 race. So... Yeah, the horse has gone huge. He, he's happy with that, but um, obviously disappointed not to keep the race. But it was a really interesting <laughs> sort of way to, well, it was the second last race on the card. So it um, certainly an interesting one. And I think that might have been the first time Trot's Vision, um, I mean, it has here and there, hosted a, a live protest here in Bond. But we've sort of committed to it now at Melton. And, um, you know, the camera was in there and everyone got to, to, to tune in and, and watch what unfolded. So it was a really good insight for uh, for punters and, and that, just to watch how it all panned out. You can actually go back on the website and watch that on Rewind if you feel like it. It was, a, it was an interesting sort of 15, 20 minutes of television.
2: Certainly was, and uh, that's what you get with Trot's vision these days. Right, let's have a uh, a little brief conflab. Well, not a brief. Let's talk about it for a fair while, the McNamara Memorial Trotters Cup, because this was the win of the night uh, for me. One overall... Uh, I'd made it one of my two best bets on winners in the morning, and then in the run, I think I can't remember who I was standing with, maybe Carson Miller or somebody else, and I I just said, this is exactly what Greg would not have wanted to happen. Um, Began safely, but then parked outside the leader. Christopher Nozio drove the perfect race with Cucullin. Just said, I know where where the best horse in this race is outside of me. I've found the front. I'm going to run along. I'm going to break these horses. And also... What you've spoken about with Geelong, so a lot of people think that the easiest way to win races uh, when when you find the front is to go as slowly as possible. But the truth is, quite often, going if you've got a strong customer, going as quickly as possible is often the best way to go about it. Particularly around a track like Geelong, they get chasing; they're off the uh, they're off the pegs; they're covering ground. They're getting tired just trying to get near you. So it was a beautiful drive, but one overall was up to the challenge. It was a massive, massive win, in my opinion, Doc.
1: It was. You've summed that up beautifully, Jay bon. Um And it, too, was a track record for memory. It yep, was. It was. Uh, it was a track record winning performance over the 25, 70-metre mobile start at Beckley Park. I'm not... Um, you know, I think sometimes we do get carried away a little bit with drivers from the death. You know, people say, oh, he's controlled it from the death and, and things like that. I don't always buy into that. Uh, but I tell you what, Greg's drive on this um, from a sticky p- position uh, with Chris Finozzi obviously rolling along out in front. He absolutely didn't want to be in the death, uh, particularly over a long trip around Beckley Park. You yeah, know, massive massive uh, crosses against him. But he just sat back and drove his own race, didn't he? he? It was almost like he just ignored what was happening on the inside lane and he just timed it to perfection. I, I thought it was just an outstanding drive. Um, it wasn't a, a glamorous duck and weave drive, was it? It was a, it was just a bloke that knows how to, <laughs> to, to control tempo and, and run his race. It was uh, a wonderful performance but a wonderful drive, I thought.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, and the funny thing is we'll get to the cup a little bit later. And Greg's drive in the cup on Triple Eight was just as good. Um, Triple Eight just wasn't up to the task of, of doing what one overall did. But yep. this horse, um, I you know, it's it's been on record. I went off the deep end early last preparation um, talking about how good I thought this horse was. But I, I'm sure it's – I'm sure this horse is an absolute star, an absolute yep. dead set star. You do not see them at that level – breaking track records, sitting parked, and doing what he did. So you saw him in the Maryborough Trotters Cup first up from a break and the turn of speed that he had when he had a soft trip. But he had a similar turn of speed sitting parked and running all the way here. That's that's the mark of a very, very good horse. Victory Hill goes in the Black Book for me. Heaps easier races for Victory Hill. Heaps easier than this. Hopeful Beauty... um, She'll bounce off the run. She'll only improve off it. And coming off 10 metres first half on a break, long trip, never easy. And um, Powder Keg, he went well. But, look, they might. this new generation might have gone past Powder Keg. They probably have. But it wasn't a bad run. You were obviously – you were taken with the run of Victory Hill as well?
1: Yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Victory Hill are running easier races than this one. Uh, it was a good run from back in the field. I, I agree with you. That was sort of – uh, an eye catcher for me for a horse that can slide back in grade a bit, Victory Hill. Um, just one more word on one overall bond. Uh, could you entertain a a little bet at seventy one dollars and fifteen dollars for the Inter Dominion Trotting Final?
2: Tell me he's there, and I'll yes, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I could. I think. Um, I think he's. I'd,
1: he'll get through to the final. You'd think, wouldn't you?
2: Well, I mean, he has to do everything right. There is a bit of a a. Um, Uh, a growing, prevailing wisdom going around that he's – because he's uh, a bit of a nutcase that standing start racing will will suit him better. I'm not sure I – I'm not sure I concur with all that. I think that um, Greg and Jess, if they can just get his mind on the job, he's actually got really good gate speed. We know that from the mobile. Um, Look, to get through to the final, he'd have to do everything right in the heats, wouldn't he? But if he did everything right in the heats, I've got no doubt – uh, you know, again, we talk about all these, um, all these four-year-old stars like your Parisian Artiste. Well, if Parisian Artiste is right at the top of the tree, and we think that he is, along with Olavici and, and um, Queen of Light is probably the best of them, Alderbaran Zeus, well, you only have to look at what one overall did chasing home Parisian Artiste first up from a break in the Marriott Trotters Cup to get a good line on just how good he is
1: and and you asked Greg the question on vision, you know one overall or just believe he didn't want to answer it but basically said that there's basically hinted that there's nothing between them did he and yeah. just believe on a group one the other day um he didn't duck I mean, and weave he didn't yeah.
2: duck and weave in the race but he ducked and weaved uh, with, with the response in which I knew that you <laughs> would did. but he uh, didn't
1: want it he goes you don't you said I've got to ask this. he said no you don't <laughs> uh it was good it was good entertainment but I I'll, I'll tell you what for those that uh, want to maybe have a little dollar each way on something at a price in the intermediate mm. trotting all in market 71 and 15 for one overall right now
2: now have you got before we go to the news because uh, that's news of one nature. We'll learn about the world there and what's happening in in, uh, in current events, and have to hear the name Ross Lyon again, which I've I've had enough of already. But uh, have you got any more have you got any more harness racing news you need to break before we say uh, we go to that that uh, more worldly news?
1: Yeah, well, well, there's a little just a little snippet, maybe not breaking news, but uh, we've had a bit of bit of news today. It's not the Thursday uh, segment that we've built up, but um, just the way it's worked. But I just wanted to touch on Plymouth Chubby. He, he uh, led up in the one of the derby heats yesterday at Maryborough for the, the Trotters derby, which, of course, is on uh, this weekend. And he actually failed to qualify, believe it or not. I mean, he, he's just been an absolute superstar two-year-old, and he's uh, continued it on after bouncing back from injury as a three-year-old. But he, he led into the straight, and uh, when Karen Manning a- asked him for the supreme effort, he galloped. And it just, I don't know, he's coming back from a, a serious leg injury. And, you know, you just always wonder. You just hope that nothing was wrong. I just sent Kez a message um this morning just asked you how he pulled up and uh, she's written back with... um... Uh, hey there, yes, uh, he seemed fine afterwards. Uh, I think he was just a naughty boy with a wink emoji. So um, in ty- typical Kez style, uh, it seems she's fairly upbeat that he's okay. So that's great news out of that. But he won't contest the Group 1 uh, Victoria Trotters derby final, of which he would have been probably equal favourite or thereabouts, um, wouldn't he, had he have qualified. So a big uh, shame that he's not there, but I think hopefully he's all right.
2: It's an interesting generation of three-year-old Trotters at the moment because... Pretty much all of the really good ones have proven that they can gallop in recent starts. So, um... It's, it's
1: Harry Stampers to lose this race, though.
2: Oh, he's, 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 a good, a he's a good horse. He's a real good horse. Uh, very, very, very fast trotter. Time to go to the news. When we come back, uh, we will discuss the win of another horse who I've got a big opinion of. Another one for Andy Galeno. Another one for Nathan Jack. A big octopus, hulking, crazy horse called Interview.
0: Welcome back to the Monday Metrospective on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. And I have to say, by the way, I just may like some explanations.
2: Can I ask
0: you a question? Taylor
2: Swift, just to calm me down after he- having to hear from oh Roscoe. I love this these coming home just in up The bloke played for Fitzroy and the Brisbane Bears and... Then went and coached and killed her and couldn't win them a flag despite having by far the best list in the AFL. Anyway, good luck to him. Hopefully they have a wonderful it's time. Is life? Oh, it's just like whenever his name comes up, I, <laughs> I, I see red, I see red, I see red. Ray Six, um, interview. You're just, just coming off watching uh, Rogue Gentleman and One Overall, you thought we have seen some really good trotting performances tonight. I just love this horse interview. Um, it was a great drive. From Nathan Jack, I, it was an avant-garde uh, speed map that I set out and it ended up coming off because Whiz Bang Dan blasted off the gate. Uh, Nathan was able to get up on the scene pretty quickly, he led. Uh, he he looked less quirky and less, um, less eccentric than he normally does and he just blew them away. I know you will look at this field and say, well, you know, th- th- he's got to beat a lot better horses than this if you want to rate him uh, seriously highly, but I already do.
1: Yeah, you do, you you're big on him, aren't you? Look, I'll, I'll, oh, he's a lovely horse, no doubt. I'll, I'm not as big on him as you are, um, but uh, look, you, you did uh, take the Mickey out of me for my uh, bit of a head wobble walking around when where's the gold one uh, on camera. I must say, when you when you when you nailed this speed map, I was standing next to you, like, oh, I've got it. I told you this would happen. Walking around the uh, track, and and then uh, you even had the um, about about <laughs> 400 out. You started doing the. He's a good horse, this one. He's a good horse. <laughs> Uh, it was it was a head wobble of a different kind, um, but you nailed the speed map and you nailed the winner. So well done to you. Um, I, I did I did think it when I was driving home. I thought, yeah, gee, you, you were quite happy with the way that panned out. Well, I, 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 well I'm done. Te-
2: I'm telling you now. So when you do, basically when you're doing, uh, there's a horse called Halter Trot. Dash Um When you do those speed maps. There's always um, an inclination toward doing. Like, it's very easy to work out what the popular wisdom is going to be. Um, yep. and, and you say, well, you know, in this phrase, it would have been tipsy-turvy in front. And it actually, uh, <laughs> when you go off Broadway, um, you, you can look like a deal. You can end up looking, looking like a deal. So I was. <laughs> I knew the result. It, it was, I, was I, more
1: relief, was it? More uh, relief it than
2: was, it, well, it was. It was almost like. I, I decided to go off Broadway, off road, uh, and and this is actually somehow this has actually worked out. And I, at, the, at that point, I wasn't worried about um, whether or not I was going to get the money out of the race and uh, an interviewer was going to win. Because once he was in front, um, I, I wasn't worried about that. I was I was far more focused on the fact that that map had worked out. But um, yeah, the thing about him is he's. He feels like he could go all day, and yeah. we know that so many of the the, ra- the trotting races in, in this part of the world, Australia in particular, there's not that many. He feels like a real old school long trip um, machine that will just keep going. Whether he's yeah. got whether, we, whether he's got the absolute speed uh, required to to go with the very fastest trotters going around, only time will tell. But he, he's going to grind a fair few into the ground. Put it that way, he's out of an Italian. Stallion, not Rocky Balboa, but Traders out of a uh, out of a US Mayor, uh saucer. Um Wizbang Dam was good running second. Maestro was a good run here, uh talk,
1: I thought. Yeah, Flash home. Yep, really good one. Maestro rattling home. He was the eye catcher. And uh one that I thought ran really well. Um I don't know if I'd put it above Maestro. I might. Uh, and it, it finished behind Maestro, but did did a tougher and had to come out solo three and four wide. Central Otago uh, for Andy Gath I thought was a really good run. Um, you know, that's not the way you want to run a race at Geelong, you sort of having to be three and four wide the last lap to, to run into it and did a really good job. Only got beat... Uh, Well, it got about 17 metres, but it sort of tied late and it was entitled to. So I thought Central Otago went quite well. Bono away from um, the other two, Maestro, and probably interview the winner, clearly.
2: Well, I've got two black bookers, and one of them is Maestro, but the other one is uh, Leanne Leanne. So Leanne Leanne was only second out from a break. They ran the gate, um, didn't get where they needed to go, uh, and, gee, I thought thought she went terrific. She's only going to get better. And um, a little shout-out to Bobby Kutchenmeister, who's the trainer of – Leanne, Leanne, I saw him briefly and he said he hadn't been in the best of health of recent times and was feeling a bit off colour. So hopefully the performance of Leanne, Leanne gave him or put a smile on his face and uh, that um, he's feeling better soon because he's a great man, Bobby yeah. Um Race seven, we'll go to the cut now before we go to the next break here because we're running a little shy on time now uh, while well, I'm discussing Ross Lyon and, and, and Taylor Swift and all the rest. Mac Dan class above Uh, once he was able to find the front comfortably, you thought this is going to be a procession. But at least we got some mid-race action with Jack Law, who you really can rely upon this kid to do what others fear to do. He had a crack with Torrid Saint. He almost caught Mark Pitnapping. He tried to get in behind the leader. Maybe, did he? Stable mate was there. Dasher Douglas kicked up on interest-free. That was the end of Torrid Saint's chances. But weirdly, I feel like that mid-race heat almost woke Macdan up and he went even better because of it.
1: It was. It was it was an exciting race, wasn't it? Of course, you referenced the Torrid Saint move uh, mid-race down the back straight, absolutely set alight by Jack Law. I thought he was going to, you know, when he sort of loomed up, I thought he just had too much speed and he was going to go straight past him, but uh, Pity was onto it just in time and he, and he kicked up and held him pretty comfortable. Um, you would think that would have left Macdan somewhat vulnerable, but he had another sprint in him and I tell you what, I mean. I know he didn't have to work at the start, so he didn't really have to sprint out of the gate. But he's he sprinted two and a half times in the run, hasn't he? Over a staying trip, twenty five, seventy meters, and beaten a very, very good field of, of free for um Look, he got tired late, but he, he still won by four meters. Oh, I thought it was a just a brilliant win. He was drawn to win. He was the favourite. Um, you know, he had those favours, but. Yeah, lesser horses would've have, would have tied under under those circumstances. So a tremendous win, a deserved win and, and a great result for um for Danny Zavitsanos, the the owner of the horse, uh, he's from Geelong. He, he's made it no secret that he's been desperate to win the Geelong Cup. He, he was quoted in on the trots.com today during the week as um, as saying that the Geelong Cup was his Melbourne Cup. He desperately wanted to win it. I saw him. There's the first person I saw when I pulled up in the car park. Um, yeah, he was beaming. He was with his wife and family, and he was, he was the last bloke I saw. I think he'd had a couple of drinks afterwards, but, yeah, they were wrapped. Um, you know, That was just great to see a race like that mean so much to somebody.
2: Yeah, he's... Um... He's put a lot into the game, Danny's everdanos and uh, wife Joanne and the whole family. They were, they were uh, very happy. In the, I interviewed him a couple of times on Trot Vision in the, in the, after the race. He goes, "What do you want me to say? Like, <laughs> um, that you're happy, Danny? That you're a happy man? That uh, you, you're thrilled to have won the race?" Um, yeah, he's a really nice horse, to make, Dan. And well done to his namesake, Dan Malecki, who just absolutely stone cold, stinkingly declared this horse in the Friday form panel and said he should be a dollar fifty so uh hopefully, a few people followed the great man Dan Malecki in he, he uh, two sixty well he doesn't get it wrong too often he 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 no. you know what i st- i stuck fat with my tip, but really, I'll be honest with you as the race neared i wa- i wanted to jump ship um because uh dan doesn't get it wrong when he he doesn't do that that declarative uh those declarative announcements without um without really Having a strong opinion, and uh, I've never heard him actually ever declare a horse more than Mac and he won in kind, Mac Delight. I, I've got no doubt he's in career best form, despite the things that he's done in his career. Um, multiple Group One winner as a three-year-old, Victoria Cup champion at Bendigo last year. He's just flying, and you know who the black booker is here for me. This might sound silly, but it's bulletproof boy.
1: I knew you were going to say that. He burned uh, off the I gate. Agree it with you it was
2: amazing, wasn't he? Again.
1: I know, I know. And he was, um, was there any scratch? Oh, there was a couple of scratching, so he would have come in for that. But he was like, um, I was speaking on radio during the week, he was like 150 to 1 and like 30 a place or something. And he obviously got backed in off that because that was just ridiculous. But you're right, I, I thought he went super again. He, yeah, Scotty Ewan had a bit of a crack. I don't know if he really wanted the lead, but he might have been trying to open up some space in behind. Didn't get it, went back to near last and then came again. Yeah, it was a great run uh, for a horse that... Uh, really runs a bad race, and he was one of the roughies of the field. I, I agree with that. I thought it was good. He, was, uh, he would have been, well, first, second, third, and fourth for all pegs, pegs. Gone, and he wasn't, So, uh, and triple eight. So it was a good run.
2: And he burned off the gate. He has got shoveled to last. And if you want, if you talk about the Inter-Dominion Series, if you can find him at 40 or 50 bucks a place in the final, yeah. you could do worse. We'll go for a break now. We've only got about seven or eight minutes to go here on uh, on Trot's Life on Metros- Metrospective, and we've still got two races to get through, so stick with us for a little bit longer.
0: Three Neuhan. Welcome back to the Monday Metrospective on SEN track. Text us on 0499 736 is a god. Kama is the breeze in my hair
2: on the weekend. Kama's a relaxing thought. Aren't you in the instant for you? It's not. Sweet like honey. Kama is a cat. Kama, right? I smacked well, my that. That. Buss a few times. That coach, that locomotive, that train. Um, final stanza of the Metrospective edition of Trots Live. And I don't know what kind of um, live Teletext decoder you're working with, Toc, but you seem to be able to see exactly who's coming out of the Inter-Dominion minute by minute. So who's the, who's the latest?
1: Well, uh, I've got a bit of a, a running uh, update, don't I? Um, well, we've spoken about this horse a lot today already. Olavici—he's just dropped in uh, as a scratching for the Inter Dominion series at ten uh, thirty five a.m. today. So Olavici's mm. out. I got that impression. Um, I got
2: that impression. Yeah, you was talking
1: about that. Yeah, um, which I didn't have that impression, but uh, you've nailed that one. So Olavici's out. Also, uh, just a couple of other names we mentioned: Supreme Dominator—he's out of the pacing. Uh, Ranks also uh, Kiwi horse uh, Kiwi Star Trotter Sunday Sun won't be coming. He's out, Uh, and also Magnificent Storm isn't part of the uh, the Inter Dominion nominations anymore with a scratching. So there's a list of about sort of 15-20 there. Maori Law is another one. The the reigning. Uh, winner from last year, the defending champion. He's injured, but uh, and he was known a little while ago. But Olavici, breaking news right off the top now in the last hour or so, uh, he's out of the Inter Dominion series in November and December.
2: Let's rifle through these last couple of races. Um, the Emma Stewart, Clayton, Talk and Mark Pitt show rolled on, and it was almost like a couple of victory laps with Polly Put Kettle on, and Coco and Mia both, well, just painfully easy wins.
1: Similar, similar races and performances, weren't they? Really, um, it probably works out well that we can group them together, Uh, same trainer, same driver, same circumstances, roll to the top, run, you know, stack them up a little bit. I thought you were doing insurance
2: out there or something, like a superannuation. Yeah. Compare the pair.
1: Compare the pair. Package deal. Um, But uh, quite remarkable, really, that uh, across Friday and Saturday, on the two big cards, uh, Emma Stewart was able to land 10 winners. And I think Pitty drove uh, seven winners himself. Uh, Quite a remarkable couple of days for the all-conquering Cardigan Stable.
2: And even though this is a Victorian show, seven winners on the uh, one program for Gary Hall Jr. uh, at Gloucester Park on Friday night as well. Now, here are my black bookers. I'll just rip through them by name Soho Seraphine. I'm ready. Jed Common courtesy. Uh, down the list, Victory Hill, Maestro Leanne, Leanne, Bulletproof Boy. Your black bookers, talk.
1: I'm just going to go with two, Bon. Well, maybe three. Where's the gold? But uh, he doesn't count. I'll go with uh, Mr. Nien. I think he's absolutely ready to win. He's my number one black booker out of race one at Geelong. And I also liked uh, Aldebaran Misty out of race four. They're my two.
2: Yeah, I think, I think Aldebaran Misty, like, both of those. Could nearly have been my black bookers as well. So um, it was one of those two meetings. Sometimes you can go through a meeting and not find anything you really want to back for the future. But this was, well, these two meetings, I think such were the dominant nature of some of the wins and the wide bandwidth in the ratings with some of the races that horses may have been beaten uh, relatively wide margins, as we saw with Horses Like Common Courtesy, who I've thrown in. Even Mr. Nien was beaten a reasonable margin, but... They are horses that you can follow for the future. And when we're looking for those bl- black bookers, we're looking for ones that we might be able to get at a, at a price. This is what you can't have where's the gold because I don't. I think wherever it turns no. up next, you're not going to get much of a price again, Toc.
1: No, you won't be. Uh, if I had to ask you quickly before we go, best performance of those two meetings, what are you settling on? One overall? Um, or ladies in red? Ladies in red or one
2: overall? Um uh, Ladies in, uh, ladies in red. I, I, I was just stunned with what she was able to achieve. Uh, yours? I
1: agree with you. Yeah, I think I'm with you just ahead of one overall.
2: Good to join you, talk, and uh, we'll catch up with you again on Thursday.
1: Talk soon. See you guys.
2: Au revoir. Sammy Holland. Camel Brown about to take you through hours and hours of winners on trackside. I'll be back at 6 o'clock for the Monday night. Let's fly with the peacock. Au revoir.